Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll explore the theory of relativity, celebrate the birthdays of Arthur Pryor, Grace LeBoy, and Harold Van Emberg, and make amends. My only ancestral claim to fame that I know of is being a distant cousin of Jerry Mathers, better known as the Beaver on Leave it to Beaver. My wife, however, has several relatives of note. Some of you know that Rita's unmarried name is Adair, A-D-A-I-R, and that she's related to Will Rogers, whose full name was William Penn Adair Rogers, after William Penn Adair, a leader of the Cherokee Nation. She's also related to Bonnie Parker. Yes, that Bonnie Parker of Bonnie and Clyde. But she's also related to Green Buren Adair II, born September 22, 1887 in Atlanta, Georgia, to Green Buren Adair Sr. and Adelaide Louisa Marsh, better known as Addie. The senior Adair was a prominent cotton merchant in Atlanta from the Civil War to the turn of the 20th century. Called in his obituary one of Atlanta's most beloved citizens, in 1895, Adair built a mansion he named Woodcliffe on a hill in the Virginia Highland neighborhood. How it didn't get handed down to my wife, I don't know, but it now consists of five upscale condominiums and is a stop on the tourist travel trail. But enough about Green B. Adair Sr. Junior, known as G.B. to his family and close friends, married Susie Elizabeth Connolly on January 14, 1907, and they eventually had three daughters and three sons, including Green B. Adair III. G.B. served in World War I entertaining troops at Camp Gordon in Atlanta. In the 1920s, he worked for John Keeley's Wholesale and Retail Dry Goods and Millinery Establishment, located at the corner of Hunter and Whitehall Streets in Atlanta, and by the 1930s he was the company's sales manager. The family was apparently musically inclined, and G.B.'s younger brother Spencer was a vaudeville artist and songwriter in South Carolina. G.B. himself, his wife, and children were heard on WSB in an act called The Seven Adairs. Green played guitar, his wife played piano, and the children sang. In 1930, Adair joined the sales department at radio station WGST Atlanta, where he was the first man in Georgia to sell a radio commercial. But he didn't just sell airtime. In 1931, Adair teamed up with John B. Clotworthy in an act they called Long Green and Short Change, which they presented on the radio, in recordings, and at various social affairs. The name Long Green referred to Adair's height of six foot three. Adair hired Burt Parks as an announcer at the station and was close friends with Eddie Cantor and Red Skelton at the beginnings of their careers. G.B. worked for WGST for 37 years before retiring in 1967. He died October 27, 1968 in Atlanta and is buried in Arlington Memorial Park in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Green B. Adair recorded four sides for Columbia in two sessions, all of them comic monologues or scenes. I'm going to play the two from the first session with a musical interlude in between to break up the speaking. Here's Green B. Adair. 
Well, folks, there was a lot of excitement coming down on the train this morning. We was held up by bandits. A great big bandit pushed his pistol in my face and says, Hold up your hands, young man. I'm going to rob every man and kiss every woman on this here train. Now, the conductor was a likely sort of a young feller, and he says, Now, look here, Mr. Bandit. You might rob us men, but you can't kiss our women. And a great big fat old maid in the back of the car jumped up and says, Sit down there, you blame sap. This a real man a robbing this here train. Well, when I got to the city, I was as hungry as a bear, and I could have licked the sweat off a restaurant window, and I went into one of them newfangled calves and stuck my head in the door. I believe the doggone place was run by the men religious forward movement because I saw scripture on the wall all under the bill of fare. I saw one sign that says, Ham and eggs today, ten cents. Right under that it said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I saw another sign that says, Try our hash today, ten cents. Right under that it said, Forgive them, Lord, they know not what they do. So I says to a young lady standing there, Do you serve lobsters here? She says, Yes, sit down. So I sat down and I says to a young woman, Have your frog legs? Said, no, rheumatism makes me walk this way. I says, how's your rabbits today? Said, they're pretty good. How's yours? I said, young lady, bring me an order of eggs. Brought them eggs in and set them on the table. I didn't like the looks of them eggs. And I says to a young woman, is these eggs fresh? She says, they ought to be. I just laid them there. Well, I didn't like the looks of them eggs, and I told her to go and get me an order of chicken. While she went to get the chicken, I saw a nice young married couple, but not to one another. That old gal eat everything on the bill of fare, from turkey down to ham. And the tears of chicken was trickling down her alabaster brow, and she was breathing like a bellus in the blacksmith shop. And that old guy had a toofer stuck up in his face, and he was looking at her like a dying calf in a hailstorm. And he says, darling, shall I order a coupe? She says, no, dear, I couldn't eat another thing. I started out the door, and the young lady who takes the money says to me, where in the world did you come from? I told her I come from Lickskillet, Alabama, where chicken tastes like chicken and gals don't smell like talcum powder. And Suzanne and myself, we had a lovely time a-trotting around that day. And I went down to her music store to get some records. She had a self-player down to her house. And I went down there and enjoyed myself immensely. And she had on a peaky blue shirtwaist with a thousand holes. I took that shirtwaist off of her, put it on the electric piano, and the darn thing played Linger Near to My Heart.
Well, folks, I'm from Lick Skillet, Alabama. It's so far back in the country, we have to put holding back straps on chickens so they can scratch. We shoot all of our cotton seed in the ground with a shotgun. And I want to tell you about my girl, Suzanne Snoop. She's a beautiful girl, and I love her with all my heart. But she's so cross-eyed, she has to lay on her back to look downstairs. And one day I was a-sitting in the parlor talking to her, and a pappy walked in and said to me, Young man, what are your intentions? I told him I didn't have any. He says, Well, do you think that you are able to support a family? I said, Yes, sir, I believe I can. He says, Thank well, there's 14 in this family. Well, Suzanne and myself went a strolling down the big road, just a kicking the dust, and the summer breeze was fanning my fevered cheek. All nature was in tune. The gentle heifers were flying through the trees. The bumblebees were making bombs. The butterflies were making butter, and the gum trees was chewing the rag. And Suzanne says to me, darling, this is a wonderful day. Do you know a good receipt for making love? And I told her, no, I didn't know any. She said she had a good one, two teaspoons full of moonlight. Two ounces of rustic bench, the white of four eyes rolled in, a dash of broom sage, a swish of pine straw, and an apple blossom. Sit in a cool spot and don't stir. Well, when that old gal said that, I had to say something, and I says, darling, I've been thinking about you all day long. And when the summer breeze fans my fevered cheek, I become poetic. And I wrote a beautiful piece of poetry about you. It went like this. Suzanne Snoop sings sad, sweet songs. She sees soft summer skies. Slim spruce shining shade, shade some sparkling spring. She spies shy Simon Slade. Stop, Simon, says Suzanne Snoop's. Simon stays six snug, satisfying, squeezes shyly stole. Suzanne snickles, Simon stays six silly, spoony soul. Suzanne Sly saw some sly, suspicious stranger straight. Stirring sigh sought some solid stick. Suzanne saw, says, skip Simon. Simon skipped to 666 Simpson Street. Said to Sister Sally to sing the same song she sung last Sunday at Sunday school. Said he set him up at the cigarette, sardine, salmon, soda water, soda pop, something of the salt sun sea, give you a shave, shampoo, towel, bath, and a shine. About that time, the old gal fainted. Well, so folks, there you have Green Bee Adair, and he's talking about his gal, and her name is Suzanne Snoop, and he's a-talking about strolling down the big road just a-kicking the dust with the summer breeze, just a-fanning his feet with cheek. Well, I don't even know what the hell fanning my feet with cheek means, or if and I even heard that right, and... Stop! 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 Enough is too much! Okay. Green Bee Adair with his monologue, Talking About My Gal, from Columbia 15166, recorded in Atlanta on March 26, 1927. We started with the flip side of that record, A Trip to the City, from the same session. Adair's only other session, November 9th, produced two more sides. One newspaper article described Adair as an expert in the Negro dialect, and those two sides portray black characters in exaggerated minstrel routines 
which if I played them would require multiple bleeps, silence, or excision. And you also now know why I played that musical interlude rather than playing them back-to-back. That was Patrick Conway's band playing the one-step medley My Sweet Adair, with the tunes Painting That Mother of Mine and Open Up Your Heart, both by L. Wolf Gilbert, and Tom Armstrong's Rose of Honolulu, bookended by My Sweet Adair, written by Anatole Friedman. Victor 35496B just had its 107th birthday three days ago, 1915. That was an up-tempo dance version of My Sweet Adair, but there are a couple of other versions of the song. Both vocals of the L. Wolf Gilbert lyrics sung much more slowly and sentimentally. Walter Van Brunt recorded it for Edison, and James F. Harrison and James Reed recorded it for both Victor and Columbia. Those are actually pseudonyms for Frederick J. Wheeler and Reed Miller, and I have an e-copy of the Columbia disc in a frame alongside the sheet music hanging on the wall in the living room, an anniversary gift a few years ago to my wife. All together now, aww. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, September 22nd, marked the birth in 1869 in St. Joseph, Missouri, of trombone virtuoso, band leader, composer, and soloist with Sousa's band, Arthur Willard Pryor. His father, Samuel Pryor, was founder and bandmaster of the original Pryor Band and gave Arthur his musical education. By age 11, Arthur was playing valve trombone. He went on to direct the Stanley Opera Company in Denver, Colorado, and joined John Philip Sousa's band in 1892. He was with Sousa's band for 12 years, playing an estimated 10,000 solos, and serving as assistant conductor from 1895 to 1903. When his father died, Pryor took over and reorganized the Pryor band, conducting it until 1933, when he retired and entered politics for several years. Pryor suffered a stroke and died at home on June 18, 1942. He's buried at Glenwood Cemetery in West Long Branch, New Jersey. Here's Arthur Pryor's band. Thank you. 
You no doubt recognize that tune as The Whistler and His Dog. Written by Arthur Pryor, who recorded it for Victor a couple of times in 1905, and electrically in 1925. But on the label of that 78 on the Dutch Tono label, number M11093, it's Flote Spilleren Ag Hans Hund. I don't know just when that recording was made, but it's got to be at least 1937, because that's when Eric Olgaard established Tono as the first record manufacturer and record label in Denmark, recording only Danish artists. And the Danish artist on that record was Sid Merriman's orchestra, being heard on the show for the first time. Now, if the name Sid Merriman doesn't sound very Danish, that's because Sid Merriman's real name is Hugo Gottfried Skovgaard Gildmark. He was born June 28, 1899, and made lots of records, so may be getting his own segment next year. Prior to The Whistler and His Dog was another prior composition, the ragtime two-step Razaza Mazaza. That's from the single-sided Victor 78, number 16816, made October 18, 1905. We started off with Chicken Charlie from Victor 5011, May 24, 1906. That was Arthur Pryor's band, with what sounds like an Arthur Pryor tune, but Chicken Charlie was actually written by Ashley Ballou, B-A-L-L-O-U. Let me save you some trouble. Don't bother trying to look her up online. You're not going to find anything. The same day as Arthur Pryor, but 21 years later in 1890 in Brooklyn, New York, composer Grace LeBoy was born to Samuel Lebovich LeBoy, a tailor, and Celia Laborski. Grace's two older brothers were both musicians, and the 1910 census shows Grace's occupation as songwriter and musician. On August 18, 1915, Grace married Gustav Gerson Kahn in Chicago, and they had two children, Donald and Irene, but they also collaborated on dozens of songs. Doris Day and Danny Thomas portrayed Grace LeBoy and Gus Kahn in the 1952 biopic, I'll See You in My Dreams. Grace died May 24, 1983 in Los Angeles and is buried in the Whispering Pines neighborhood of Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale. Here are three from Grace LeBoy. Tonight. 
like a phone bell ringing, ting-a-ling-a-ling. Hello, says Mrs. William Brown. Comes a voice across the wire, is this you, my heart's desire? This is Jack, I just got back to town. Hello, Jack, I wish you'd hurry, come up right away. Hubby, oh, you needn't worry, he just called to say. I'm on the jury, I'm on the jury, as yet no verdict is in sight. I think that we'll be out all night. They tried a man for shooting the mother of his wife. Someone to give him medals and someone to give him life. But we'll say and pray till the break of day that we will see the light. Goodbye, dear. I'm on the jury and I won't be home tonight. I'm on the jury, I'm on the jury, as yet no verdict is in sight, I think that we'll be out all night, they tried a man for shooting, the mother of his wife, someone to give him medals, and someone to give him life, but we'll stay and pray till the break of day, that we will see the light, so goodbye dear. I'm on the jury and I won't be home tonight. <laughs> You loved me so Sweetheart, how was I to know T'was only a summer night's dream Neath the spell of starlit skies I found heaven in your eyes Sadly, now I realize T'was only a summer night's dream Summer love Sweet as the roses in June Summer love Withered and faded all too soon Now beneath an autumn sky All alone I wonder why Your good night was our goodbye 
was only a summer night's dream. I was looking for records credited only to Grace LeBoy, but the only one I could find in a quick search I played just last month. That's right, Pass the Pickles. 
So these three records are all credited to lyricist Gus Kahn and composer Grace LeBoy, or Grace LeBoy Kahn. We just heard vocalist Frank Prince with Ben Burney and All the Lads, and Think of Me, I'll Be Thinking of You. Frank Prince was heard on radio in the mid-1930s with Ben Burney and Gene and Glenn, but other than that, I could find nothing at all about him. That's Brunswick 6286 from March 10, 1932. Before that, Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians, with Brother Carmen taking the vocal on Twas Only a Summer Night's Dream. Brunswick 6390 was whacked September 7, 1932. We started a little tribute to Grace LeBoy with Walter Van Brunt, fearing he'll be sequestered, and his wife hoping he is, on I'm on the Jury. That's take two of four from May 23, 1913, on Columbia A1345. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Last week, September 21st, marked the birth in 1904 in Newark, New Jersey, of Harold Richard Van Emberg, eldest of three sons born to George Edward Van Emberg, a foundry worker, and Anne Elizabeth Jungst. As a teenager, Harold studied piano, saxophone, clarinet, and flute, and deciding on a career in music, also studied voice. Following high school, Harold worked in an office job for the Pennsylvania Railroad, but at night played in local orchestras, and he reportedly made a vaudeville tour of the South and East in the early 1920s. His first performance on radio was in 1922 with Mendel's Orchestra over WOR, Newark, broadcasting from a small studio on the sixth floor of Bamberger's department store. His other radio credits over the years include B.A. Rolf's Lucky Strike Orchestra and Bert Hirsch's Orchestra, and programs including the Radiotron Varieties, the Club Valspar Program, and the Saturday Night Club. On July 15, 1929, Van Emberg and Florence E. Meskill were married in the little church around the corner in Manhattan. Florence gave birth to twin girls Florence and Norma the following year, but sadly, only Florence survived. Van Emberg's recording career probably began in 1927 with Enoch Light's Blue Jay Orchestra, but he also recorded with Max Fisher's Orchestra, Harold Vio's Hotel McAlpin Orchestra, Ben Selvin, Bill Scotty and his Hotel Montclair Orchestra, and Joe Green's band. He's heard on at least three dozen Crown Label 78s, all recorded within eight months in 1932. Van Emberg played in working bands, including those of Frank Daly, Howard Lannon, Vincent Lopez, Ferdy Graffet, Ross Gorman, and Peter Van Steeden, as well as his own, Harold Richards and his Starbright Orchestra at the Hotel St. Moritz and the Manhattan Room of the Hotel New Yorker. He was in the Pitt Orchestra of the 1927 Broadway Review, A Night in Spain. In 1942, Van Emberg was working in Sandy Williams Orchestra at the Hotel Warwick, and after the war, as Harold Richards, led a band for 19 seasons at Paul's Hotel in Swan Lake, New York. Harold Van Emberg died of a stroke April 24, 1975, at Sacred Heart Hospital in Allentown, Pennsylvania. He was cremated, and because he was an avid golfer, his ashes were spread beneath a tree on the Mahoning Golf Course in Girard, Ohio. On his July 9, 2017 Shellac Stack show, Brian Wright dedicated a segment to Harold Van Emberg, and like Brian, I want to thank Chris Berry for much of the information in this bio, 
and encourage you to check out the Crown Records record label group on Facebook. Here's Harold Van Emberg.
tell my troubles to you were my salvation dear when i saw your golden charms and i held you in my arms you were my salvation dear you changed the tears and sadness into smiles and gladness then the sun came shining through when you whispered i love you you were my salvation
Harold Van Emberg, his voice and his orchestra on Crown 3390A in October of 1932 with the collegiate foxtrot song All-American Girl, written by Al Lewis, University of Michigan, class of 22. Before that, Harold Van Emberg with the Knickerbockers and You Were My Salvation from Brunswick 2576D, November 17, 1931. Words and music by Joseph George Gilbert, who also co-wrote Me and Jane in a Plane. So he'll be getting his own birthday segment for the first time next May. We started off with a record and song being heard on the show for the first time, Am I Dreaming?, written by Joe Davis, Bobby Gregory, and Charles Dornberger. Harold Van Emberg joined Jolly Coburn's orchestra in 1934, and Bluebird B7081 was recorded July 15th, 1937. Last week I said the vocalist on the Anglo-Persians recording of the Toy Town Admiral is unidentified, which is technically true. But I have it on good authority that it is in fact Dick Robertson. I wouldn't have bothered to mention that on its own, but last week I also snubbed Jerry White, who was the other half of the vocal duet along with Frank Bessinger, on Honey Bunch by Austin Wiley's Golden Pheasant Orchestra. So, in order to try to make up for that slight, here's a solo vocal by Jerry White.
Jerry White with Willie Krieger and his orchestra and Sweet Tootsies from Banner 6484, August 2, 1929. Sweet Tootsies was written by Willie Krieger. Last week, actress Louise Fletcher died at age 88. She received the Academy Award for Best Actress for her portrayal of Nurse Mildred Ratched in the 1975 film One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Of course, she had lots of other roles and awards during her over 50 years on the big and small screens, but with admiration and thanks to Louise Fletcher for that particularly powerful and memorable performance as Nurse Ratched, here's Billy Murray with Good Night Nurse. from Victor 17286, February 3rd, 1913, and Good Night Nurse. Thomas J. Gary wrote the words and Raymond Walker the music. Louise Fletcher, 1934 to 2022, rest in peace. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶